0: Well, welcome into the Metro Detroit Golfers podcast, Kyle Bogey, Mike Sullivan, and we are just, we're honored to be joined by uh, our friend, uh, our partner, and uh, a guy who, Sully, I don't really know why he likes us so much, but we've just, we've really gotten close over the years. Right. D. Hall, uh, of course, of Hall Financial, the presenting sponsor of the Metro Detroit Golfers podcast. And and D. Hall, you know, if you're listening on the podcast right now, you might not be able to see this, but I, I wore the uh, the Bryson Puma sweater for you today. Because I know you're such a big Bryson DeChambeau fan.
1: Well, he's, he, uh, thanks for having me on the show, guys. First of all, and uh, you, you guys know you're two of my favorites. the uh, The whole Bryson phenomenon, I think, is great for golf. But Bogey's sort of taken the fandom to a whole new level with Bryson.
2: <laughs> to cool out a little bit. First Tiger Woods, now Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, yeah,
1: by the way, who is your who's your bromance more with Bogey? Is it more with Tiger, or is it more with uh,
0: Bryson? Come on. Come on now. Okay. There, there's nobody better than Tiger.
1: I don't know. You know, Bryson's the new crush for you. I just want to make sure it hadn't surpassed your Tiger crush. Well,
0: uh, apparently Bryson is breaking golf, right? Uh, that's what everyone's saying, even though he didn't have a very good performance in the Masters. And what did he do? He blamed his, uh, what, not feeling well or whatever it was. I hated that.
1: Yeah. Really hated well, Bryson, I think the interesting thing about Bryson, you know, objectively, cause I don't, I don't not like him or like him is that, He's very interesting, obviously. He's also immature. You know, for his age, I think it's fair to say he's a pretty immature guy, just sort of the way he behaves, some of the things that he says. It's right. like, you know, he's stomping around the British Open like he's going to have a meltdown on the back of the range a couple of years ago. And then he says, oh, I don't feel good like a high school kid. And But, you know, I think that with time, you know, everybody matures a little differently. And I think Bryson maybe is a few years away from being where some of his contemporaries are now. And for whatever reason, you know, some people are late bloomers or what have you. But you know, in my mind, I think that some of that immaturity is why he's not that likable. You know, he's he's got a real likability issue, I think. I think he wants to probably fix that. And you know, we've seen this over time, you know, ten years from now, he might become the most likable guy. I mean Bill Mickelson had a little bit of that when he was young, and then now he's adored by everybody. And so it'll be interesting to see how, you know, that whole story develops with his personality. And certainly what he's doing with golf is, I think it's fascinating.
0: We're obviously just a few weeks removed from uh, Dustin Johnson uh, getting the green jacket. And I don't know if you saw on Saturday morning, he wore the green jacket on college game day, I believe. What's his uh, alma mater? Was it, uh, Coastal Carolina Carolina had a huge win over BYU as well. Um, DJ went on an unbelievable run to, to close the season out this past year. I I mean, what did you make of it? And do you think there's a lot of people that feel this way that DJ is single-handedly when he's on his game, he is absolutely the best golfer in the world. You, You just simply can't beat it. Is that too far of a stretch?
1: I think so. I think there's too many good players now. I mean, I think if you look, what I think it was 2017, he was really favored to win the Masters that year and he had his slip and fall accident, whatever exactly that was. <laughs> there's a lot of theories on what that was. Uh, but um, yeah, I, look, he's great, right? but we've seen these things where everybody thought Kepka was unbeatable. And I could see a scenario where next year, if Justin Thomas gets rolling that people think he's unbeatable or John Rahm. And then of course there'll be another guy. And then you've got the Morikawas and the Wolves and now the Hovland. So I just think that there's too much depth for anybody now to be unbeatable unless we see a whole new level of golf. But certainly when he's on, he's fun to watch. And he's, he's brought a whole level of sort of, I don't want to say instruction to the game, but this bowed left wrist at the top, turn your body with the face square. He's sort of the biggest example of that, I think, right now on tour with this methodology. A lot of guys are imploring that, and that's sort of the new move, but not new, but newer. But the point is, is like um, he's fun to watch because of the power, because of everything else that he brings to the game. I think for him, a big key has been the putting, you know, if you watch, I mean, if you look at his stats, the guy at tee to green is usually always great. So when he's putting, yeah, he's, I mean, he's at the top and you'd be, you'd be, I don't think you'd be very smart to bet against him when he's putting. Do
2: you think if you had, if you had to say one thing, is that what really separates two or players D help is putting, meaning if you're truly going to make it, because I would argue that, that in terms of top to bottom, the ball striking is very, very similar to all, I mean, all of these guys on tour. Some guys certainly better than others, but you have to be able to putt because everyone can be so similar in terms of ball striking, not necessarily distance, but just overall contact, I would say. I, I noticed such a huge difference, even some, someone like Bryson, who is known for, for hitting the ball just a mile, but when he gets around the green, he still putts and people don't realize that.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, I think, look, if, if you're on the tour, tee to green, you're probably pretty good right <laughs> like the best there's a guy in the you know uh, years past Freddie Jacobson I don't know if you guys remember him but he would like chip in like at least once around. I mean the guy was just a phenomenal chipper and putter his ball striking s- statistics were never really that great so you'll have some exceptions to that but mm-hmm. those aren't your top 10 players you're, you're gonna have a hard time delineating you know uh, TD Green stats with the top players in the world so it's like am I making putts this week? You know, I think that that's the biggest thing. And if you watch golf central as a religion, like I do, you know, you'll see that um, guys that are winning that week are making the most putts, right? The guys only, this guy made 140 feet of putts yesterday. This guy made 380 feet of putts so far this week. So, you know, it's all about, and, and these guys are all hitting great putts. It's like, are they going in? Do they have the right, you know, are they are they getting the angles that they want? You know, uphill, downhill, right to left, left to right. You could break all those stats down, which has become fascinating. I mean, in the last 25 years, golf statistics have gone from nowhere to the moon. You know, you can look at every single guy's – I mean, I saw Chambly the other day talking about, you know, more right to left putts are being created for this guy and more left to right putts for this guy, so it favors player A. And, you know, those kind of things are just fascinating, but – Yeah, putting yourself in the right position. You know, it's the whole thing, though. I mean, you talk about guys play 72 holes, and at the end, one shot. You know, basically they play the same, right? Sully, if you and I play 72 holes together and we shoot one shot different, we basically play the same. But that's the difference in how we talk about guys. The margin is that
0: thin. If that were the case, I think D. Hall would retire and put (laughs) his club for only one shot
2: first. Let let me say this, though. because D Hall just brought something up and I, I, I like to always give D Hall big opinions because he'll either make fun of me or agree with me. The, 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 my most hated stat and I see it every single week. This might be my most hated stat in all of sports. When I flip on golf and I see a player step up to a putt and it says make percentage next to the putt. I can't stand that stat because I don't think it's relevant. Not everyone's the same caliber putter. That would be like, if you're, if you're watching the NBA game, and Andre Drummond at the free throw line, you can't just say the average NBA, you know, free throw percentage because Andre Drummond's not as good of a free throw shooter as Steph Curry. So I don't know why it's this, this, this you know, universal type make percentage stat just from a pure number standpoint when there's guys that are better putters. Well, of course, I'm
1: going to disagree with you. So let's let's get <laughs> at it. Okay. So the first thing I think is like, I, I find those statistics relevant in in the proper context, I think, which is more to your point. So a lot of amateurs don't realize because they think they should make every six or seven footer that they hit Mm -hmm. tour pros make half of them right tour pros make Mm -hmm. half of their six or seven footers so it's like when the guy comes in and says i missed all these four footers today and i shot this well first of all you said it was a four footer which means it was a six and a half footer (laughs) second of all Yeah, you should miss half of them because that's what the tour players do, if not more. I think the other thing is like when you have like a 25 or 30 foot putt and you see in context that tour pros are making, you know, one out of seven of those or whatever the number is, you know, as a player who's like a good player, like a lot of your listeners – Knowing that a two-putt from that distance, I mean, yeah, you want to make a 25-footer, you're just not making a lot of those, you know, generally speaking. So while I agree with you that that doesn't mean that that's for that guy, it just gives you an overall feeling as to, like, there's a reason I don't make tons of 25-footers
2: because tour pros don't. Right. No, and it's context. I totally get that. (laughs)
0: Like me putting versus Sully putting. He's a much better putter than me. You know, you'd have a higher make percentage, I think, at
1: most. Thank
2: you very much. I appreciate you're, you saying that. You're very he, also has a, he
1: also has a much higher slicing the ball percentage. <laughs> than it's it. true. It's, yeah. I, I got to
2: fix that next
1: year. Don't you worry, yeah. Hall. I will. I'm not, selling, not on behalf of the whole community of golfers, these thousands and thousands of maniacs that are, you know, are following you guys, and I love this group. Will you please get yourself into an indoor hitting area, this week, oh, yeah. And hit the draw. I want to
2: see a yeah. draw from you. I will be focused. You know what? But this. you know, you know who else hits a power fade just like I do? Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson. You know? All right, let's. You can also hit a fade and be successful. But I will be working on a draw. Don't worry. Just in
1: context, their fade starts down the left side of the fairway and ends up in the middle of the fairway. Your fade starts left of the left bunker oh, and starts
2: in the right fairway now I, I i will say this though i do think i've gotten a lot better with playing to your misses when i used to miss and i know a lot of friends that'll miss they'll miss and they'll be in you know two fairways over at least when i miss i'm still i can still scramble and recover and i think that's that's all golf is is playing to your misses really we got to get that club a little
1: more square and yeah. a little more in the out okay i need you to work on that absolutely i will it-
0: we can certainly get uh, get to work on that this winter. Um, D Hall, you were talking about before we uh, got on the podcast equipment and some of the new uh, you know stuff that's going to be out next year. And I know you're uh, you're kind of a nerd when it comes to that, as are a lot of uh, people that are in the uh, the group uh, Metro Detroit golfers. What are some of the things, I guess, in 2021 you got your eye on some of the equipment that you might be uh, tossing in your bag, perhaps for uh, for next season.
1: Well, I was kind of excited when I saw, um, you know, Victor Hovland, you know, who just won last weekend, Who is a stud, by the way. The guy's a money-making machine. I think he's missed like – I probably get this wrong, but in a couple of years, he's missed like two or three cuts. I mean, this guy makes the cut every week. I mean, he is – he's kind of under the radar because, yeah. of, Wolf, because of Wolf and uh, yeah. Morikawa. This guy's like the third of those three, but I assure you this guy is going to be uh, – he already is. Unbelievable. He um, uh, He's using the new ping driver. I think it's the 425, so ping's coming, and I've heard really good things about it, and I'm looking forward to trying it when it comes out. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Justin Thomas put into play the new Pro V1X ball. Uh, Which I think is interesting. Um, And so, yeah, this is the time of year when you start reading a little bit about the hype around a lot of the new equipment that's going to be launched in February. And then, of course, everybody wants to try it and see how much better it is. I will say this about equipment that's interesting. And I think a lot of your community probably shares this is that for a lot, for many years, I would chase the new technology just assuming it's better. But I found, you know, when you've got a club that you love and when it's and when you get on like a track man and optimizer and you're pretty much optimized, you know, switching to switch, there's no there's no magic 15 yards, in my opinion, but you can pick up some efficiency, whether it be. Uh, a couple more yards or whether it be a little straighter or something that feels better to you. It sounds better to you. I mean, I think all all those things equate to confidence to me, new technology should be about confidence with players. Um, And certainly there are some exceptions to that, but I, I, I just, I get excited to try the new stuff to try it. I'm not quite, I, I got on this train in like 14, 15, 16, 2017 where if it just came out and it was new, I just assumed it was better. And now I'm more like thoughtful about, you know, what I've got is good, but I I still love to try it. I'm not so quick to change anymore, I guess is what I'm saying.
2: What's what's your opinion with golf balls itself? You just mentioned the Pro V1X because, for instance, when we had Tom Watson on, you know, a couple months ago, he's talked about one of the biggest differences from back when he played to, to nowadays and just over the years has been the technology of the golf ball. Um, you know, I think a lot of amateur golfers might not think it matters as much. Some people have a totally different opinion that it matters a ton. What what do you think overall about that? Well, the two things that I would say about
1: the golf ball, in my opinion, is that the first thing is that it's like hard to curve the ball now. I mean, that's, you know, the ball just goes straight because of the way that they built it, which to me, they've taken some of the skill out of the game. You know, they want it to go long and far because everybody wants to hit long and far. But you know, back in the 70s with Watson, or even with me when I was playing well in the 90s, like you could really curve the ball if you wanted to or needed to, and miss hits were more pronounced, you know, than they are now. The ball has definitely made more people better at, at golf. And maybe that's a good thing, um, I'm not sure. The second thing would be, I think most amateurs play a ball that just spins too much. And for me, you know, I consider myself a decent player. I want a firmer ball. I, I don't want to spin it more. I want to spin it less. Mm. And I think, you know, people get enamored with like spinning the ball or being able to make it come back on the range right. or whatever. So I just, I always go towards what I perceive to be a firmer ball, like a Pro V1X, like a tailor-made um, uh, TP5X. I think that's what it's called now. Um, and I think that they're going to, the, the manufacturers are going to come out with I think more people are moving towards a firmer ball than a more spinny ball. I mean, but it depends on your numbers and your swing speed and everything else. But just that's a general sure. thing that I see with players and, and sort of how I think about it.
0: So Sully, uh, he, he likes to subscribe to the theory of, I, I, I don't play anything else other than a pro one So that's <laughs> it. I, I, I've seen Sully maybe a handful of times play a different ball, and I'm like, that's not your ball.
2: Right.
1: What are you doing
2: and to i and not playing that? What, well, what I, your, what's your preferred ball, Sully? I usually I, this year I played Pro B One X almost every single round as well. Okay. Um, you know, it's I, I have it in my head as well that you know there's a reason why not that I'm a tour player by any means or even close, but there's a reason why every single uh, tour player seems to not everyone, but the, the vast majority are playing Pro B One. I just kind of no. probably more of a mental thing than anything. Where I think if this is working for them, this is gonna, this is what I need to be playing too.
1: Yeah, I think that, and I, I think the tailor-made ball. Right. Um, it's really is, nice. It really is. Yeah, and you've seen some guys switch over to the tailor-made ball. Some of that's for money, uh, but not all of it. I think, you know, you got your guys that subscribe to the Srixon ball. You know, you've got but Bridgestone. Bridgestone. Those are more of the minority. I mean, I think, you know, Titleist has really put a lot of their money behind their golf ball, both in advertising and in their um, research and development. So, you know, I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with a Pro V1X. It's sort of the old, you know, staple. And I guess I'll take this box of pinnacles that I got for you for Christmas and send them back. Should I do yeah. that?
0: Yeah. What about some slozengers That'd be great. Yeah. Be all
2: awesome. you play? If you play the pinnacles and I play the Pro one xs will I have a huge advantage on you on the course? No. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: Just it, is D-Hall playing with one R as well? Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> D-Hall could literally play, you know, the opposite hand because you can play both, you know, like that, and he would still beat me for sure. But well, that's funny. I don't know about that, but we're going
1: to have to play this winter. Yes, yeah, I know. We, we, we would definitely have to. get a trip. So, one, guys, thing, one thing I want to tell you is this community that you guys have grown has been awesome. It's been um, great for us uh, in terms of, you know, just getting the word out about – what we do at our company, and you know, our eight day closings and our 2,500 five star reviews, and we're just really appreciative to share that with your audience. And you guys getting recognized by the GAM the other day, I saw that on social it was awesome. So, just congrats with everything you guys have done with this group. And you know, you guys both told me that this is an underserved market, and like a year ago, and I kind of rolled my eyes at you guys like <laughs> I do on half your ideas, but you guys were dead on. And um, boy, it's it's been fun to see and just more golf talk. I mean, I just get pumped up to be on the show with you guys because I love talking golf, just like your whole audience. So appreciate you guys having us as the uh, premier sponsor because we we're we're heavily invested in golf in the state of Michigan, also.
0: Yeah, no. Thanks goes uh, both ways, no doubt. And um, you know, obviously, you know Hall and uh, you know your team at Hall Financial, you're trying to you know help. Michigan golfers and Metro Detroit golfers as well. That's why we got paulmdg.com. And, uh, you know, you can certainly look into working with uh, David Hall and his team over there. You guys are just crushing it right now.
1: Yeah, and what what we've been doing for some of your folks that have been doing the Enter to Win is just giving them some feedback on their credit, getting them pre-approved, all no cost to them, total complimentary service. So if anybody out there needs us to take a look at something, we're happy to do it as a complimentary service or just our way of being a part of this community.
2: Thank you, D-Hall. That's awesome. We appreciate you. Seriously.
1: Good to talk to you guys and uh, let's keep up the good guest list. Let's get rid of guys like me. Let's get like a Jack or a Tiger on here and then I'll be back maybe in the second quarter and people can get, I mean, you guys really got to up the ante here on the guests. Okay. But
0: well, You have Jack and Tiger on speed dial, right? D hall. So you can yes. help us out with that. Right. I, I,
1: and then I wake up in the morning. Sure. Yeah.
2: I try to tell Kyle, I mean, he's spending so much time every single day emailing Bryson Shambo's agent, <laughs> trying to pitch, getting him on here. I got to, I'm,
0: I'm sending Bryson DMs every day. We got to get you on.
1: Well, his agent now is going to say, after that guy that sponsors your show called my client immature, uh, I don't know if I want him to be on your show.
2: (laughs) Right. That's funny. Well, D Hall, thank you as always. Seriously, good to talk to you and catch up.
1: Good talking to you guys. Have a great day.
2: Well, always great to have
0: uh, David Hall and uh, the team at Hall Financial on the Metro Detroit Golfers podcast. And, you know, again, just to reiterate, guys, uh, they are the presenting sponsor. They are, you know, a partner of ours, friends of ours, and they are trying to be as helpful as humanly possible for you, the Metro Detroit golfer out there. And so, you know, we implore you, please go to HallMDG.com. That's HallMDG.com uh, to get a little bit more information and just check in on your situation. You know, they, they'll help you with your credit. They'll look at your situation, see maybe if you are in a position to refinance or in a good position to potentially buy a new house. So, you know, if you do want to check that out again, that's hallmdg.com. And of course you can follow Hall Financial uh, and find them all over social media as well. They really do a great job and are just simply killing it right now. So take advantage of that opportunity. Now, Sully, we we got into into the weeds there a little bit, a little golf nerdy discussion with D Hall, which I absolutely love. You know, I, I'm a big golf digest guy. I like to sit down with a coffee Uh, you know, and run through golf digest and check out all the articles and what's going on uh, coming up next year. But it's interesting, you know, one thing that we talked about and and D hall was, was poking at you about, you know, you, you know, being able to hit a draw, you know, instead of a fade. And I I go back to just Dustin Johnson when he was asked, you know, about his swing change, because he used to actually hit more of a draw and now he's actually hitting, you know, a big, high, powerful, you know, cut. And he simply said, well, I made the decision to just hit the fade. I thought it was just a good, good thing to do. And he just decided to hit a fade. Now, obviously us amateur golfers, we don't have the ability to just say, you know what, I'm going to start hitting a fade or, Hey, I'm going to start hitting a draw. There would be a ton of, of time, I think, and probably, you know, instruction going into uh, something like that. I'd be curious. Have you actually ever gone through a swing change? Because for me, I've gotten like two lessons and it was with Kenny Allard, our good friend over at uh, Detroit Golf Club, because I was a mess off the tee. I, I literally could not get off the tee. I was sitting like, 220, 230 yards, and it was right. It was left. I had no control over it. And Kenny basically told me, look, people are going to tell you to change your grip, you know, overall, even on your irons. I don't want you to do that. Don't worry about changing your grip. Your iron swing is, is very good. You know, you have – I think he said I had uh, – a C plus or B minus takeaway, but I had an A minus come through with my iron. So he's like, you know what, we're gonna leave your grip. We're not gonna adjust your iron swing. But with my driver, he simplified everything. And now, you know, I'm I'm very consistent off the tee and long enough where, um, you know, I I can compete and get to the green when I need to. But I couldn't imagine, you know, some people out there that literally spend an entire season going through a swing change or grip change just to potentially take their game to the next level.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've certainly gotten some a couple of lessons or some tips and here, stuff here and there, but um, haven't gone through a full swing change or anything like that. Now, uh, of course, you know, our buddies, Ben and Chad at Golf Leadership Academy, and I think there's going to be a lot of stuff we do with them, and, and that'll be great. But I don't know. I think that's really, really tough to just totally transform a swing and totally change your entire swing unless it's just really, really messed up. You know, I don't think my swing is, I mean, I know you all jokes aside, oh, you need to play a draw, not a fade, which, well, sure, I'll work on that, whatever, but it's not, <laughs> like, it's not like my swing is all messed up, you know? It's, it's yeah. you have to, um, I really believe it's more so tweaking stuff than yeah. it is doing a full swing change. There's plenty of things you can tweak, but Kyle, I also, totally I think I do really think that a lot of the times it can be information overload for a lot of people. I think that there's a reason why there is value in getting instruction and getting organized instruction from a professional or instructor or whatever, because it's very focused. If you, if you go on YouTube right now and, and search fix my slice, you will just be inundated with information overload on, on a million different things to work on. And like you said, it is custom to your swing on what you actually need to do.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, and I would also say, too, I mean, now would be the time to do it over the winter when you can be indoors, and, you know, you're not worried about going out there on the course and implementing, you know, you know exactly what you're working on and all that, because you're, you're going to be bad, you know, and that, that's one of the deterrents for me, whether, you know, you talk to, you know, our, our guy Kenny Allard at DGC, or, you know, any other, you know, golf instructors, or ben and Chad, yeah, Ben and Chad at Golf Leadership Academy, they're unbelievable, um, but you're going to have to get a lot worse to get better, And that is just – that's not as appealing to me either. I don't want to go to a course. And, I mean, even look at some of the pros. Like Jordan Spieth, you know, has worked on, you know, swing changes and totally changing his game to try and get a little bit longer. And he, at this point, is a total mess, unfortunately. he's still a phenomenal golfer, and he can go out there and compete. He still obviously is, you know, way better than we could ever even hope to be. But he's a mental – unfortunately, a mental disaster right now. You know, I never want to be that. I don't want to go into golf season going, well, I don't really know where the ball's going or what I'm doing. Whereas, you know, right now, I mean, we're we're single-digit handicaps. We're okay. We can go out there and score and play well and probably get better as the season goes on. I'd rather not break everything down and take a huge step back no. in order to take a big step forward.
2: No, you don't. And And I think that there's so much, again, there's so much stuff you can do to, to change a swing. And people do sometimes, you, you see it happen where I used to worry information overload, where, where you, you just try to do too much. You know, you try to really change things and do too much and just screws you over even more. You know, you have to know your swing, settle into your swing. And again, as I mentioned, even when we talked to D. Hall, that I personally believe golf is playing to your misses. I think that in order to really get better at golf, you have to play to your misses, meaning, when you step up to a ball in, 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 let's say you're in the fairway and you have 160 yards in, whatever, when you step up to that ball to, to really become a good player, you can't even, I mean, I don't, I'm not even talking about skidding the ball or just shanking it to another fairway on the right. You need to hit that ball and it doesn't have to be 10 feet from the pin, but even if it's you know, five, 10 yards off the green, play to your misses, get up and down and, and you know, move on. I think that that that's where I noticed the biggest difference between golfers is those blow up holes where even if, if you're a decent player, even if you totally miss an approach shot, totally miss it, it should still be, you know, 10 yards or so away from the green, you know, it shouldn't be anything just outrageously, um, you know, far away from the pin. So I I think playing your misses is huge just in terms of ball striking and being able to, uh, to kind of scramble and get up and down.
0: Now you're not talking about like, standing over the ball and thinking about where you can miss or anything like that. Right. No,
2: I, I but okay. no, you aim small, miss small, but you're going yeah. to, when, when you become a better player, you're going to, um, your misses are going to become a lot better. I'm sure even yeah. as you've become yeah. better, you you might've missed or sliced or, or hooked, uh, you know, a few years ago. And it was like the end of the world. And now if you miss a shot and you're pissed off, you still, okay, next shot. Let's see how I can still recover the hole and make par or make bogey, whatever it might be. Avoid yeah. the doubles, you know? Yeah.
0: Oh, it's huge. I mean, you're going out there and you're putting a bunch of doubles and triples and all that on the scorecard. You're just not going to be able to put a good score together. So, totally with you there, uh, no doubt. Uh, Well, look, for me as well, it's not just my swing. It's not just my misses. You know, it's not just the ball or the equipment. Uh, It truly has been about my body uh, the last couple of years. And, and, you know, it it would break down after a lot of golf uh, each season. And that's why I'm honestly, I'm, I'm, Grateful to be working with the team over at tri Covery. uh, Jeff Kong, Kevin McVay, uh, and the entire group over there, they do a great job of getting your body ready to go for the season. And honestly, right now during the winter, making sure that you're recovering and improving it enough to the point where you're pain-free and feeling good by the time golf season rolls around next season. tri Covery has a couple of different locations in Novi and in Royal Oak. It's tri Covery, Massage and Flexibility. And, you know, look, they, they're going to cater their treatments and their sessions for your body for you specifically they do a great job and if you want to feel better you want to hit the ball longer uh, like i have over the last couple of months please go ahead and check them out that's tri-covery.com
2: yeah they've been great sent a lot of friends there as well who have loved them i was talking to some friends this weekend about it so tri-covery.com thank them for their partnership and of course uh, d hall and hall financial as we mentioned earlier with hallmdg.com. make sure you check it out guys it's it's You know, we appreciate the support and the partnerships, uh, especially from these two companies. So that means a lot to us and to the entire MDG community. So make sure you check it out. And Kyle, we got a really exciting episode coming up next week. A big focus on American Dunes, the new golf course in Michigan. So as always, guys, um, a lot of information. We have a lot of stuff coming up with the tour card. Make sure you're on the text message list. Text MDG to 545454.
0: Thanks for listening to the Metro Detroit Golfers Podcast. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and keep giving Sully and Bogey a hard time. Powered by our presenting sponsor, Hall Financial, and also Tri-Covery Massage and Flexibility.